Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm Welcome to a Cigar Hustlers Podcast, where we take a closer look at the people of the cigar industry with your host, Mike and Mike. Hi. Hello. So this is episode 39. 39. 39. 39. Because last week's was 38. 38. <laughs> okay, everybody, thanks for listening. This has been episode 39. So we have uh, so so you want to review your week? What'd you do it's, this week? It's, it's, I haven't done anything. It's hardly any. It's when was the last time? But when did we do our recording with the uh, Monday? No, we did that shit on like nope, Friday. No, nope. we did it. Mon- oh, we did do it Friday. Yeah, I didn't do anything over the weekend. Nothing special. Took the wife out Friday night. She went dancing. I had too much to drink. Saturday was hangover day. Sunday we went out to dinner, and then that was it. You sound like a lot of fun. I'm an old married guy. That's all we do. Oh, take the wife places. When your children get older, that's what you'll do. I have to clean up after my over-inebriated wife on the no, weekend. I, I didn't clean up after. She cleaned the house all day Saturday. Oh. Oh, good. That's her hangover medicine. Nice. Yeah. Hi, Casey. Well, hello, sir. We have Casey back Casey's on. Casey's back on today. Sounds excited as he was the first time. From Crux. Ecstatic to be Crux. here. How many times have you been on this show now? How many times have I been on this Just show? Just one time? Oh, no. This is actually number three. I wasn't really on one of them. He sat in on Spencer Drake's episode. I happened to be a innocent bystander that was corrupted. You were his driver. Uh, for the Spencer Drake edition, which would have been episode... No, no like 10, 15, something like that. It was but that was early. a better... You were better on that than you were your original interview. Because I said nothing on the second yeah, time? No. <laughs> I would say you probably said more on the second interview. I don't think or I said a word. At least you're more comfortable. I don't think it's I said anything. more comfortable because he wasn't the center of attention. It's a lot easier when you're not the main guy. Well, you're the main guy today. No, that's always you, Mike. Or Mike. Oh, no. It's you. So we're going to sit back and you have to fill the next 58 minutes. So go. 58 minutes. We'll start. <laughs> um, well, today's been a beautiful day for me. Um, I got to come visit a great retail partner of ours in Deltona, Florida. Yeah. What are the, what are the shops in Deltona? Uh, I don't know. They must sound they That sound old good. guy on the other side of town, maybe. Called Cigar Hustlers. Um, <laughs> and uh, have some great partners there. Uh, Greg, one of my favorite people in the industry, uh, does great things. Uh, he actually uh, gifted me a new cigar that I was been looking forward to smoking. Um, and maybe I could uh, defer to uh, his brother, who might know something about the cigar that I'm about to smoke. Called the SBC 18. I don't know anything about it. Makes sense. Tell us more about you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm happy to be here. Uh, you know, it it's, is this is awesome. <laughs> it, it's truly, it's truly a unique him, experience to come uh, be asked me on an interview from two very prestigious interviewers that wow. are very professional. And have always, you know, treated me with the utmost respect. Yeah. And uh, so what I like to do is when I come here, I always come prepared to be on an interview. You do? Absolutely, I do. So I got some great stories for you. We'll tell you right after the break. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have breaks. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back. Thank you very much for listening. 
Uh, we lost our sponsor. We lost our sponsor. Week. You lost a sponsor already? We don't have sponsors. We don't have sponsors. Is I have a smart ass the You have to answer to people that way. Manager what are you? I'm the producer. The smart ass producer. I like to make up sponsors as we go. Yeah. Perfect. This, so next like this segment, episode this brought ne- to you by Landshark Lager and Beer. Oh, nice. Trademark pending. Trademark pending. But so, no, so happy to be here. Um, you want me to talk about me? Yeah, no, I want uh, you to be real. I don't want you. To, you're not happy to be here. Fucking, that's not true. This is a lie. You might be happy to be in the shop, but not on the show. Nobody wants to go on our show. You're right. I, we, I we don't force know. People I mean, I think people this. would really like to be on a good show. Um, <laughs> but when you say oh, I want you to go talk on on recording for 58 minutes plus, about 55. Now you're doing great. About anything and everything. So. Well, we'll go with the business side of things first. Uh, how about we start? How, yeah, that's a great place to start. We we'll should go. really say, you know, when was he here last? Like uh, six months ago? Six, eight months ago. I mean, a lot has happened in your life in six to eight months. A lot has happened in my life in six to eight months. So what, what's happened? What's happened? Well. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, no, so one thing I'll talk about first. Uh, we um, just released our new edition of our IPCPR Limitada that just, oh. sh- that just shipped. So that'll be the 2018 edition. And uh, eagerly awaiting our Q4 release of our Epicure San Andreas Maduro, which is called the Epicure Gallant, uh, which is based off of the same filler binder as our current Epicure Connecticut, but we're going to have a Mexican San Andreas Maduro Negro wrapper. So looking forward to that in three shapes. Uh, that's our newest offering for this year. For us, everything usually comes out at the end of the year because we announce things at the show. But that's not really why we're here. Uh, you're right. We're really not here to talk about the you know the professional side of cigars because there's nothing professional about cigars. Because let's be well, honest, not here, not here in this room. Where, where in the industry is there anything professional about cigars? If you talk to the professionals, they'll tell you. The, Do we know any professionals the that deem themselves professionals? Correct. You should ask those guys. I don't. They don't talk to me. They don't talk to you. Fair <laughs> enough. So you know a lot of good things. I mean, we just we just got to wrap a beautiful baseball season that I just found out finished the other day. Should be a huge baseball fan in my whole life. I did get to see about four innings this year on TV, um, and I was talking to Hector Alfonso. He asked me if I was cheering for my Brewers, and mm-hmm. I said, "Why would I cheer for the Brewers? I'm from Minneapolis." He goes, "Oh yeah. So Milwaukee, Minneapolis, apparently the same thing." Um, but. Uh, coming up for me, which is great, I get to finally fly back and visit my family this weekend. Yeah. My college roommate's going to get married. God bless his heart. Um, so that'll be an interesting. But realistically, Mike, I do need an answer f- from you on one specific topic. Hit me. And you know what that topic is, so why don't you go ahead and answer that question? I don't know what the the topic is. Oh, we were talking about it the other day, and you don't need to be coy. You can just tell me all I about it. I don't remember. I'm, I don't remember. Mike, this is your show. You should. What's the question? There's a lot of tension in the room. What's the question? You don't remember I got to say something about Hector Alfonso, though, afterwards, so go ahead. Why don't you? Why don't you ask me? Talk about Hector Alfonso. Hector's been on Mike. the show. Has he really? Yeah. He had to do a two-parter. He in, studio? in studio. In studio. Hector in Alfonso stu- got out of Miami. Yep. Yeah. We're big time here. Everybody comes to see us. Guy came up here, shot the shit. It was an awesome podcast. I've reached out to him a couple times for a price sheet, and he has yet to get it to me. <laughs> but he's not in the sales side of things. I know. Well, there is nobody in the sales side of things right now, as far as Espinosa is in the state of Florida. I thought that was. He left. Randy? 
No. Okay. I don't know. I, so then who is I don't it? know. I don't buy Espinosa cigars because I'm not a retailer in Florida. But you hang out in at Caribbean. Correct. And Hector is the lead salesperson at Caribbean Cigars in Miami, Florida. I'm saying. I'm, so, so back to... Are you going to tell me a story about him? Or well, that, that was, was that pretty story. much it. That was the story. <laughs> that, you know, he's an awesome guy. Well, he's with that great nice. news, we'll be here right after the break. Very this humble. This next break is sponsored. But, like, you know, I wanted to kind of reciprocate because he's got some good cigars and I wanted to put them on the shelf. And, like, I reached out to him yesterday. I said, hey, dude, send me the price sheet so I can get some stuff. He's like, I got you. I don't think he has me. You don't think he has you? Uh-uh. He's, he, he's got you. He's an he, awesome guy. Miami time. Miami time? Yeah. Okay. So what was the question that you, what, what the hell are you I talking? still just need you to answer the. What is it? Come on, Mike. <laughs> what are you talking about? The story you were trying to tell me the other day, but then it got a little awkward, and I needed you to tell me in person. <laughs> Don't look at me. I have he's no idea what's going on. He's doing a great job of fucking dogging me, because I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. It's a story about you and Matt Hunt on the road. No. no. Yeah, no. Tell, how has it been the road going? I mean, you've been traveling a bit. You've been it's been getting, great. If, getting, you, if, if you'd, you'd listen, listen to the, the podcast, episodes, you'd know exactly Which, which podcast episode? All of them. Um, at exactly which point, so I can right fast at the beginning. Forward. You can just go right to the beginning. <laughs> right to the beginning. We, we, do, we do an episode every time he gets back. Mm-hmm. So it would be like 32 and 35, maybe. It's mm-hmm. awesome. How's that going? Really good. Where was your favorite stop on your last trip? Lajero. Yeah. Yeah. I asked him that question on the show. Lajero. That's it. Just that's uh, you're not going to tell us about it. You're not going to tell us about. That. I already told. He already told about, about it. it on the show. Well, not of us are avid listeners. Yeah, you clearly are not. What are the episodes that you listened to? I don't know. Probably the first seven. No, no. You told us it was five before. Six. You can't. Eight? You can't increase within ten minutes. It's not possible. I started. I started listening to them when I was really intrigued by the content that was coming out of here, um, with your initial thought process of what you guys wanted to do for a show right and then at some point it just bored me yeah no i'm kidding um i do try to listen to a lot as many as i can i do i do enjoy hearing the side of things i did really appreciate the uh avenue you guys were taking learning more about people than just their cigars right because this industry is i mean not solely but most importantly relationship based right and Getting to know people by actually caring about people is kind of what this show means in your, you know, narcissistic, mean, <laughs> like, totally vindictive, self-sufficient way Thanks. of talking about people. Um, and thankfully, you have somebody that is a little bit, uh, you know, appreciative for people being a part of it as your, your co-host, Mike. As Casey was episode seven. Episode I said seven. seven. I said seven. He was episode so seven. So 31 episodes later, you got, like, nothing new to report? I mean, come on. Well, since then... That was in February. So in February. We, about every it's six October. months. About every six months. About every six back. months. So, like, you have you been on the road recently? Been on the road a lot. Spent a lot of time in Central America over the last three months. Um, what the hell are you doing there? Uh, we manufacture cigars out of Esteli. Oh, no, really? Yeah, we do. Get out of town. Um, so we use a Placencia factory. Uh, they've been a great partner for us. It's been a little bit... Uh, you know. So how's that been? Because like there's some shit going on in Nicaragua. There is a lot of stuff going on. Um, I was unfortunately happened to be down there 
uh, at the end of May, uh, things had kind of calmed down, and we needed to get down there before their trade show, which is the IPCPR in July, right. for people that don't know. Uh, and we needed to get down there and secure some things, and uh, it had kind of quieted down, and uh, we took our team, uh, myself, my cousin Jeff, and our designer Mark were all down there, basically strength in numbers. Um, figured we would be better. But, uh, Multiple white people is better than just the one? Just multiple people, uh, Americans. <laughs> it could be, it'd be harder um, to hide three white guys. I, I was. I mean, Mark's a bigger guy. He's probably like six three. You know, yeah. a little safer. Um, a little safer. A little safer. I know I can outrun him. Um, but it was very dicey. Uh, Estelita Managua turned into a seven-hour trip, which is usually two. Right. Uh, multiple extra security cars. Um, sponsored by Placencia Family Factory, that wanted to make sure our journey was safe which we appreciate that, but uh, it was very dicey. There's things that happened that week that were, you know, all over the news that you guys can go read about if you want to, but the last few trips I've been down there uh, a few weeks ago and then about a little, about a month and a half ago, it's calmed down, it's quieter, it's eerie quiet, businesses are closing, um, tourism is essentially dead, uh, the economy is in rough shape. But the cigar industry in SLE has probably been the least affected outside of the entire, everything else that's going on in the country. Right. So business seems to be as usual, um, but that could change at any time. So a lot of things, I mean, you know, it seems like every year the cigar business throws us a, a curveball. If it's not the FDA, if it's whatever it is, it's a unre- civil unrest in the country that, you know, we do our cigar. I mean, a lot of cigars, I think it was, you know, in the, you know, tens of millions of cigars, you know, I think... We're up 10% over last year from Nicaraguan cigars as an industry imported into this country. Um, and so that's a good sign, but, I mean, that could change it. That could change at any given moment. Right. I mean, we don't really know. I mean, when you have, you know, the economy the way it is there. Um, but, so, moving forward, um, not a whole lot's new in my life because I travel. I just got back from, you know, the... Uh, the Texas area last week. I was in Houston, San Antonio, and Austin. I visited uh, your boys in oh. uh, at, uh, what do they call their factory? Not their factory. I saw the factory, too. Romacraft headquarters? Romacraft headquarters. Saw uh, Danny Vasquez. Yeah. Saw him. Mixed feelings about that guy. I don't know where I stand with him. See, I know where I stand with him because him and I had some hard-to-hard conversations. We got to play some Tiger Woods golf, and I feel like that's a great way to connect. Yeah. Uh, Skip and Mike were overseas uh, in, uh, I believe, Italy, France, somewhere. Right. They were doing something. Uh, I got to spend some time there. Um, but uh, And then uh, fortunate enough to this week have a few days. Uh, to head up to uh, Deltona to visit Cigar Hustler. See, I think that's kind of where I'm fucking up because normally when I talk with Danny, it's always like business stuff and we don't really sit around and play video games. So There's no bonding. Obviously, you know, he was on the clock when you were there. and It was you... actually a Sunday afternoon, so it wasn't on the clock. Wow. Because I flew in Sunday because I had deployments on I Monday. I salary. Well, I'm, so... just, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> No, but so it's uh, not a whole lot new in the life, but I mean, there's, you know... The How's your ro- girlfriend? My girlfriend. My girlfriend is fantastic. <laughs> She's doing awesome. Uh, it's great to see her. Sometimes I see her, sometimes I don't. How's the dog? Uh, the dog? Oh, my dog. Um, yeah, that one I that I have in Las Vegas. She's still alive? Not that dog. I saw another dog. Got another dog. 
This is awesome. Got another dog. See, because you were trying to make some shit awkward about me, but now, like, I definitely uh, my got other you dog. My other dog is fantastic. Yeah? Yep, it's what's awesome. Your, what's, your other, what's your other dog's name? Sparky. <laughs> he's a white Siberian husky. Really? Yeah, he's about three years old. We rescued him from the shelter. Cool. More of a more of a city dog. So you don't have a girlfriend then, or <laughs> he's shaking his head. Does, no. does she know that you're you're not dating, or? Oh no, she knows we're dating. Uh, we're having a great time. You know, she's the love of my life. Um, this is awesome. Totally. Are you are you good over there? You're, I'm fine. I'm listening. What are you Facebooking or something? No, 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 no. I just getting people are messaging me things. Oh, cool. I'm busy man. I got I got things to do. Anyways. Apparently, you only get one of two Mike Palmers. You either get the interjecting Mike Palmer that'll cut you well, off Well, he's talking about so like just that. Cut you off. He's talking politics and or, stuff. I'm just listening. It's very interesting. Or you, you get the one that just totally checks out. So he's checked out. I turned off so, Mark, what do you want to know about? What's going on in your life? Uh, I started a cigar brokerage house. I so didn't know about so that. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. So... What are you the want, qualifications of, for a rep in... Uh, are you guys in, looking for somebody by chance? For a rep or independent broker? What are the qualifications mm-hmm. to start your own brokerage? No, for you to have somebody... Let's say I, let's say I know a guy. Okay. That is looking to expand or eliminate the rest of his portfolio and take <laughs> on a brand. Eliminate the rest of his portfolio. So solely going to focus on I my mean, brand? If he needs to go in-house, then that's what has to happen, right? I mean, I guess if he needs to go in house, I mean that's up to. I mean that's really the, completely different than an independent broker. So, are, would you be looking for an in-house guy? Are you in the market for a current person to sell cigars in Florida? I'm definitely not in the market for an in-house guy. An in-house guy um, at this stage for me is financially not responsible. Casey's never going to come back to the store. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you need a broker. We need representation. A broker? Not necessarily has to be a broker. So what is a what is, yeah, re- what is representation can be one of two things. Somebody walking around the state of Florida with a crux shirt on? Pretty much. <laughs> you just pass them out. You know, go to Miami Stadium, pass out a bunch of T-shirts. People think we're you know strength in numbers. No, I mean for for us, it's always been find uh, retail partners, and we've done the independent broker thing many times. We've had as many as five independent brokers, and what we learned. Um, from the majority of them, doesn't speak for all of them, especially new guys that are brand new to the industry, yeah. um, to the independent industry. I mean, you know, it could be a new breed out there that we're not we're not aware of yet. But um, the independent broker game has has been a difficult for us because you know they have a portfolio of cigars that they're selling, um, and they're based based off mostly commission. Right. So they just want to sell your cigars any way they can. True. And they don't always have the best interest of the brand. So they go wide and they kind of throw stuff out there and see what sticks, which, I mean, I would too if I was based off commission. I just want to knock on as many doors and put it in as many places. Right. However, with um, for us, we don't have always a lot of excess inventory, even though we've been building it this year. Uh, so we have less inventory issues um, from here on out, especially with our, our newest releases and you know our best sellers. But... Um, just to go super wide with an independent broker is, is, is not our game plan. It's visit accounts. We have the ability to say no to an account if it's really not a great fit. Right. If it's not the kind of store that carries something that we can be successful with, they're not willing to help. Because you have to create a pull product. Uh-huh. And the way to create a pull product is to have a partner in that retail store um, that is going to help sell it first. And then, obviously, the product has to stand on its own. Right. But... 
obviously there's a lot of accounts in the state of Florida. Um, and realistically, for a company that's our size, you know, we only need, you know, as many as 25 accounts throughout the entire state right. to be successful for us, for, for territory. And then at that point, when you reach a certain dollar value, then you put a direct person in because now they're basically managing the, cigar, the, the partners that we've deemed to be great partners for us. So the independent road for us was, uh, we started it, I mean, we did it at, you know, I think it was 2015, we had five. So you don't want in-house. No, I do. In-house is the absolutely the way to go. That's where they want to go eventually. But it's until you build a territory that sustains itself, you have to be able to pay their salary. And for the fact as is, is we did hire a, um, EVP of sales um, at the trade show, so I have some help on the sales side to cover territories that I wasn't, you know, servicing, you know, enough because it was me running around the country, and you know, my cousin Jeff would fly in for certain events, and obviously spent time in Central America, but it. Is building a territory to the to the level where we can put somebody in house. So who's your EVP? His name is Roy McLaren. Uh, he was the old. Uh, he worked with Gurkha, Davidoff, and most recently was with Villiger. Um, he's based out of Illinois, uh, so he's covering more that that we'll call it <coughs> the northern half of the United States uh, for us, uh, and it's been a good fit so far. Uh, he brings a lot of different experience that I don't have, like professional side. Um, and you know that corporate cigar structure, a little bit more structured for us. Um, and then obviously I have a little bit more of the that youth and free will and understanding of you know where a lot of our retail partners have come from. So it's been a great partnership for us so far. Uh, he's obviously he's full time for us, and um, but we are definitely moving in the direction of growing our company uh, year in and year out. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the addition of him, the addition of uh, you know buying more raw tobaccos, our inventory levels, uh, we're putting ourselves in a position to continually grow um, with the right partners throughout the country and more territories. So you put a guy like that on salary? Absolutely. We put that one guy on salary. So uh, we want him to be crux all the time. Um, and we made the decision to do that because we knew if we wanted to continue to grow our company at a larger level, uh, we had to have you know more than you know just myself and Jeff and Mark uh, as f- that full time crux, but we needed more people on the ground. I got to be honest, Mike. It doesn't sound like he's interested. And that's not necessarily true. No. There's no such. Yeah, su- there's no. There, and there's and you know. It's not be- you. It's me. Because he's here. It's not you. It's me. Correct. But the fact is, like we look at it from the perspective of we want our brokers that we have or in house people to always have it be successful. And there's multiple things that when we cho- when we would look at the right people for us is what is their current portfolio? Is their current por- corp- current portfolio, you know, uh, in line with ours? Is it something that, you know, they have a lead driver, somebody that they can go in through another retailer and say, like, you know, is Crux Cigars going to be the one that's going to be their moneymaker? I mean, then, you know, we don't have a presence in Florida, so he's going to be starting with very little residual income. That's so, kind of hurtful. I mean, I carry your product, and I'm I said Florida. very little. You said you don't have... I said very little. He said very little. He did say very Would little. Would you like to rewind the How tape? How many accounts do you have in Florida? A handful. So, like, five? Yeah. It seems to be the magic number for a, a, a company. The, well, I think about, what's kind of funny this. is the reality of it is that there aren't many good retailers. No. They're I wouldn't really say aren't. that. I, I don't want to throw that on... I don't want to throw that in there. Okay. I want to say they're... 
Um, South Florida is a very saturated cigar market. Okay. Uh, and we're, I guess we're not in South Florida, but Florida we're in not. general. Because Florida is one of the top four markets in the country. Okay. As a whole. As a whole. And there's a lot of cigars smoked in Florida. Right. But the oversaturation of all the manufacturers based in South Florida makes it very difficult to stand out as a smaller brand. Well, I think that, yeah, I mean, sure. As far as your mainstream cigars, they're going to move at any shop. That doesn't require an, an educated retailer. You're going to put Monte Cristos on the shelf, a guy's going to come in and say, oh, look, white labels, right? You're going to do Padrones if you can get there, then same scenario. But the guys, the retailers that put in the time and the effort to educate their consumers on smaller products, you know, smaller production products, there aren't that many out there. There's only a handful of retailers in every state. I think you're a little light because, I mean, the difference is, like, going back to Florida specifically, um, because it's so convenient for... I mean, I don't know exactly the percentage, but a very high percentage of all manufacturers do business out of, out of Florida because of our taxes and, and the right. logistics to Central America. Um, and you could at any given time get a industry giant like a Padron, a Fuente, a Rocky, you know, uh, Nick Perdomo, one of those guys that are stopping through these shops. They expect these things, and they have the the availability to have you know these industry moguls that can come through at any given time at these shops but with the rest of us being in south florida um it's also very accessible to you know drive up the coast three hours very little dollar spent to you know drive you know up to orlando service accounts and people can do that frequently so they tend to start at home base and then work their way out um, for us, it was different because we had, you know, moved our operation here um, after we had started. So we already had some footholds in other territories. And then when I was in South Florida, realizing that, you know, I did a tour. I did. I went through these places. And I, th these weren't great partners for us because there was the mainstays on every humidor. Um, and they sold a ton of cigars. But they were also wanting terms, which we like credit cards because yeah. we like to get paid. Um, and it just wasn't a great partnership for retailers that don't need more cigars because they're already oversaturated, their humidors are full, right. and they're selling a ton of cigars. It doesn't make them not educated retailers, but it makes them, you know, we have the access to Costco of cigars based out of South Florida, and why would I, why would I run to the Quickie Mart to grab something that I can get right here all day? Well, those... Costco's don't carry small production stuff more often than not. Or they're not educated on those things because they don't need to be and they don't really care to be. They don't need they don't care to be. Exactly. And they, they and they don't have to be because they have a sustaining business that's very successful. Um, but then when you go to other markets in the ter uh, in the United States, I mean, there is that you know, you can call that cigar geek, that those areas that, you know, they love to find new products. They want, you know, what is, you know, basically helping the industry stay um, very competitive. But um, how many of those people do you think are out there? How many exact number of good, small? Just a guesstimate. A, a guesstimate? I'd say overall, I bet you there's, you know, four or five hundred across the country. Four or five hundred. I'd say, I'd say there's about four or five hundred quality retailers throughout the United States that are friendly to 
smaller retailers. It's awesome because you're thinking about everything that you're saying because you don't want to upset anybody, which is pretty funny. Okay. I think that number is definitely less. Well, what do you think the number is? So you think it's five per five per state? So you think it's two hundred fifty? I'd say that you probably have on a national level with uh, of boutique cigars with some magnitude, maybe fifty. Fifty total retailers that sell boutique companies that m- can move product on a higher level. Like not your standard. Like your well, let's say that your standard one of those big big guys starts at. Thirty-five or forty thousand dollars annually in sales, wholesale level, from a manufacturer or a brand owner, right? And that's considered like an A account, right? And then you have your B retailers that'll do, I don't know, ten to twenty thousand, right? And those are obviously a little bit more. That that number is a little bit higher. Then you have your C's that'll do like your five to ten, right? 5,000 in sales, those are probably in the few hundreds. But the reality of it is your big dogs that promote and build your product that focus on smaller brands, there's not very many of them. Yeah, but if you break that down into, you know, you know, smaller companies, I mean, we don't we're not trying to sell 5 million cigars a year. I mean, our goal at some point is to reach a million cigars, and we're nowhere near that yet. Right. I mean, we'll produce about five hundred thousand cigars last year, which That's will, a great number. which will be up from last year significantly or this year significantly. Um, and five hundred thousand cigars um, overall, you don't need a you know five hundred retailers. No, but that kind of brings me back to my point. You know, is the fact that how many good retailers actually exist in every state for boutique cigars. I mean, I still think there's there's more than seven hundred. I don't think. Yeah, now it's seven hundred. No, <laughs> I, I, th- I think I think there's I think there's definitely pockets of markets throughout the country. You can't tell me that you haven't walked into a shop. It's some fucking guy who's retired, right? Really doesn't give a fuck about you, your brand, what you're selling, and doesn't want to take anything on. He's okay with what he's got with his mainstream stuff, and that's that. Is this experience that has happened to you since you started traveling? Of course, that's happened. I to found me. out in the last two and a half weeks. Right. And, and, but you got to look. You got to look at it from the side of you know, they want either what's going to make them more money, or something that they don't have. Right. And they only want what they don't have if somebody's asking for it. Correct. So you got to create that pull product. And how often do those guys? Let's say that you hit it off with a guy like that. Sure. Right. And you open up their account. How often does their card come up fucking declined? Because that shit happens a fuck ton. Well, the difference between card declining and not enough funds. I mean, I, I mean, the difference is I think I almost call every, you know, almost every retailer, he has a card compromise every year. You know, so, I mean, we'll start there. The fact is that, I mean, your card gets declined every other time I run it. Yeah, that's on purpose. I, I give know. you the wrong numbers. <laughs> <laughs> But what I'm saying right, is, he calls that his terms. Well, what, yeah, terms. And you get, <laughs> so ship it. You know, I'll get you a credit card. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. I, I think what you're saying. I'm working on that. I think what you're saying is there's definitely different waves of retailers. I mean, there's you know there's newer wave that are tied into social media. They're tied into online blogs. They're tied into podcasts. You know, they know what these things are. And then there's guys that have been doing business for so long that they've had a sustaining business that they don't see. It's not broke. Don't fix it. Um, and. Either have you the, been into some of those shops though? It looks pretty broken. 
Yeah, but it, dep- it depends what's broke for them. You know right. what I mean? Like, if He's right. If they're happy you know, with whatever the $30,000, $40,000 a year they're making, they're not going to make any changes. They don't want to grow. Right. They don't want to open a second shop. It's just more work for them. Right. Well, so if they can make that with their Fuentes and their Padrones and their whatever else they're carrying, they're not going to pick up a Bustania or a Crux or you know a Florinata or something. They don't need to, as far as they're concerned. I like all those names you just mentioned. I threw all the names out. I like <laughs> all of them, too. But, I, I mean, I found out walking in. Right. They're like, you're with who? I've never heard of that guy. Yeah, but that's, I mean, well, that, that goes back down to the failure of the brand, right? The biggest, one of the bigger issues that I have in the industry is the fact that independents or even sales reps are are held accountable for lack of sales when no one's asking about their product, no consumers asking about their product, no retailers asking about their product. So who really failed the brand at that point? Is it the sales rep that goes to check in, or is it the brand itself? Well, I think, I mean, you obviously have to put all the blame back on the original source. So if our brand at Crux isn't known somewhere, it's 100% mine, Jeff, and Mark's fault. Right. But do I you mean, think that in the egotistical industry that we're in, do you think that that is the normal mindset for brand owners and manufacturers? I mean, I really can't speak for other people because, like, I think that if you hire somebody directly... Are you directly, fucking running for president? You can just have a goddamn <laughs> no, opinion. No, but what, I'm, what I'm saying is if you are hiring somebody that's a direct person, right? their job specifically is to sell your brand. Mm-hmm. Educate people so they're an extension of your company. But if you hire an independent, they're an extension of their own company. And we see independent brokers jump from brand to brand to brand to brand to brand to brand, so there's no consistency. So the fact no, is... No, I mean, you go in one time... It would mean nothing to that guy you just walked in on. Yeah, and so then the guy drops that brand and he picks up two different ones because it's a, you know, and the fact is his loyalty is with that guy at that shop. You know, he, that guy knows. The guy's it, buying me, let's just say. When I go yeah. in, he's buying me. He's, he's not buying, buying you. your cigar. He's not buying your cigar. He's buying me. Open, I come back again. So, and no matter what you come back with, he's probably going to buy your portfolio. Right. That doesn't build. Second or third that time That doesn't proof. build brand equity. And that goes to the point where, like, we've sold cigars in, you know, over 300 shops throughout five years, you know, and we're, we've scaled it back because those brokers that we opened up, they were throwing, throwing things at the wall to see what sticks, which, I mean, is there accounts that I'll open up that, you know, I'm like, well, th- this is kind of a unique account. I mean, I, you know, specifically, there's some in the middle of nowhere that have a whole lot of representation and all of a sudden you become their best cigar in their humidor and you know we're a small brand and they're a small shop and but yet we can do twenty five thousand dollars a year with a shop that you know maybe only sells a half a you know a quarter million to four hundred thousand dollars a year but when you're going into other shops and they're buying from you know mike palmer the independent rep they're going to buy from mike palmer the independent rep because he's there every month doesn't matter what he's selling he's going to support his lines but now the independent side is it isn't job security with each company because it is an ever-evolving thing for, you know, to find, you know, different brands that are selling, what's hot, what's not, what's working. And obviously when you're a commission-based employee, I mean, I would take on as much as I think I can handle. Yeah, but you, you said it earlier. When it gets up to a certain point, you're going to take it in-house. So if, right, let's say, I did you and, you and it does well you're going to take it in-house, and then I'd lose it. Then you would lose it, but that, and that's why we don't have an independent rep, because I think the fact is firing somebody for the fact that you pay them too much commission is kind of silly. Right. 
Um, but that happens a lot. That happens. Sure, it, does. it happens all the time. It happens all the time. And there's some companies that that hasn't happened to. I mean, I know a few of the you know more older boutique companies that are now still technically boutique that haven't gotten rid of their independent brokers and right. they still do it. Maybe they've renegotiated or whatever. But the fact is, in order to have a successful brand equity in a territory, you have to have a constant, constant, constant performance in the cigar, a constant representation. As well as the constant people, because when you even in, even when you have an in-house person, if you turn in the same person over, you know every year, like they don't constantly get behind that brand because they're not constantly there with the same people. And as long as Crux Cigars is firing, you know it's our family's company. You know Jeff started it, and you know I'm a part of it, and Mark is you know our in-house designer and marketer, and he, I mean, he's not doesn't have our last name, but like that's a constant. Like, I've been a part of this. I moved to South Florida for the company. And, like, the constant is I have great relationships through some territories in this country. Um, And we do very well in a lot of places. But now for me to bring on a bunch of independent reps to to redo that just because I have excess inventory is not brand equity. Right. And if you want to sell cigars today, great. I've always said anybody can sell cigars today because everybody wants to know (coughs) what's new. But it isn't about selling cigars today. It's about selling cigars next time and next year and to build a brand. And we came out to build a brand. And, you know, we've made mistakes along the way, just like any small business when they start. I mean, we had never manufactured cigars. Um, but it's getting a lot easier, I'll tell you that. I mean, I was in a cigar shop uh, recently. A guy walked in. I'd never been there. I called him, set up an appointment, told him I was coming. And he said, yeah, I've been looking forward to hearing from you. You know, I've been following you for a few years. They know who we are. Um, then you go into the one that's not too far down the road, and he's no idea who I am. Right. But then you have to show him what you've done. You have to show him your, basically your history, and you have to build that relationship. And then all of a sudden, in 30 days, all of a sudden I have somebody that's now representing me. He doesn't know that person. Right. I mean, so it's relation back to the whole point of it, being in a relationship business, you know, where this podcast started, learning about people, it's almost learning about you know the names of that retailer's family what does he like to do is he a uh, scotch wine soda coffee drinker w- w- i mean his hobbies things that you can connect with people and realistically care about because if you just go in there and get all this information write it down like a like a analytical person that says okay here's what i got to remember about this guy no it's a it's a passionate industry and everybody has so you don't write it down or you do i like to keep notes about things right. but i'm not going to be like oh Mike likes coffee with no sugar. No, you know what I mean. You can write Mike complete asshole. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) But I mean, you look at it. Everybody that you meet is very intelligent or an expert on something. Something on something. It may be nothing you're interested in, but if you belly button lint. Sure, it could be something. But if you find what they're passionate about, like if you ask me what I'm an expert on, I mean very little. But I love to talk about golf, and I right. love to talk about our company, and I like to talk about my family. And baseball. I'm not, an ex- baseball. I'm not really an expert on baseball. I mean, I played it. My dad's been a college baseball coach for 40-plus years. I know the mechanics of baseball. Don't ask me what happened this year in Major League Baseball, though, because I don't follow baseball on a day-to-day. Do you want to talk about the Ryder Cup that just happened? You know, when we got shellacked over in Paris? Sure, I know everything about it. I woke up at 2 a.m., set my alarm Saturday morning to watch it because I enjoy that. But you're an expert in something. Mike's an expert in something. But truly making that personal connection can only do wonders for your business if you truly care about uh, the brand equity in your business, which makes, in turn, turn to the good side of people. And in our business, I mean, it's it's, it's one of those unique industries that has, you know, 
truly a passion behind what we're doing, and we're not selling vacuum cleaners. Nobody wants to buy a vacuum cleaner. They have to buy a vacuum that cleaner. That pretty badass. Yeah, until you got to buy the next one and the next one and the next one, and you st- you don't want a vacuum, you know? I vacuum every day. But because I'm you an have expert to. at it. Your robot vacuums every day. No, it doesn't. I got the little Dyson. This shit's way faster. You Fuck don't me. have the little guy running around anymore? No, he's just parked and charged. He does nothing. <laughs> I look at him and I'm like, wow, you were a fucking waste of money. <laughs> really? Yeah, you got to dump it out like every 10 seconds, the iRobot. Oh, it's got a small pan on it. It's so stupid. Well, you've got those two big dogs. It's probably caught and shit, and you got to go dig it out. It's like, man, it'd just be a I lot easier. I remember this thing my wife's going, we don't have one. Yeah, no. Go, well, go over to Mikey's house. You can steal his and let me know it's gone. I, I'd probably appreciate it if you stole it <laughs> at this point. Becoming a minimalist. Just need less shit. That's a, just get it too much. Get it the fuck out Too much out shit here. in my house, too. So what am I an expert at, Casey? That's for you to... I, so you have to decide, well, not Casey. No, so I, I ask you some questions. I say, so no, no, he just has down Mikey asshole, remember? That's all he's going to so, so, so I come in and I say, Palmer, what'd you do last weekend? He just told us he, he loves to spend time with his wife. Right. You know, yeah. he likes to go to dinner. Like to pick up after. He, li- he likes to get drunk. He, he likes to get drunk. You know, right. like. Yeah, we like okay. to get drinking. Wife likes to go dancing. They like to dance. So, you, you well, what kind of dance? You just, it's follow up questions. But, like, how long have we known each other now? Officially? Three years, probably. Three years? What do I really know about you? Yeah. As little as possible. <laughs> because you're only half of a cigar hustler. And I really only have to make that relationship with one side of the okay, company. Okay, so, 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 okay, so then what's Greg? Yeah, what's Greg like, like to do? He loves blue socks. He does love blue he socks. Like that I mean, socks. that's fantastic that you just brought that he up. He loves blue socks. He and does it, love and, blue and socks. It, it's, it's very interesting to me that, you know, some of his, we'll call them quirks, that makes him who he is. Like, he is an expert at bulk buying of colored blue socks. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. For the reason of why he thinks blue socks are the best, and he and he wears them Turn under the going. same shoes that he's had since he was 12. Yep. I mean, it might be his 12th pair. It is. It is. He buys those in bulk, too. Yeah. But four pairs. He's time. all about but, bulk. But, but I totally understand where he's coming from, from somebody that is minimalistic when I travel, like... I have been wearing that same the same polo, the same the same yeah, polo, the same it hot? jacket. How are you wearing that fleece looking top thing? It's actually polyester. Oh, um, excuse me. Oh, but sorry. the the difference is Still like I've obviously warm. got multiple of them. But I can travel minimally. I can take a carry on. I can wake up. I don't have to make a decision of what I'm going to wear today. It's you know semi professional. We'll call it. I don't ever look like the most dressed person in the room, but I also don't look like a slob when I walk in any place because I have a tucked in collared shirt. And if it's cold, which most places are for me, because you know I like my heat, um, I have a pullover. And I work. And, but for me, it's easy. But your brother lives in obviously his own retail shop and can dress any way he wants, and right. he dresses the same every day. Yeah. Same socks. He doesn't. He. Totally broke down of why he only has blue socks. I don't know if you know why he only has blue socks. Because then he doesn't have to match them together. He, right. He used to still bald until I explained to him, why are you doing that? So now they're just randomly in the drawer. Oh, yeah. He's got an entire... I mean, they're all exactly the same, he, so why bunch them he together? He buys a lot of them every year and throws all the other ones out. And the weirdest thing, I don't understand why he hasn't changed, because it turns his feet blue. You're gonna, you just beat me to it, brother. It turns his feet he blue. Was, and he won't show me his feet. Because they're blue. Because they're blue. <laughs> they're blue. Like a Smurf. He's got blue like, Smurf. He, he's feet. a guy that went ice fishing in central Minnesota in December <laughs> and forgot to wear boots. And he's got blue feet. And he's got blue feet. blue feet. 
And so these are the, the, the things I know about your brother because I care about him as a person. Right. He has some socks framed on the wall in his house, too. Were they the first blue pairs? No, the ones a dog ate. The ones a dog ate. Dog Those ones cost money, though, because then you have to have died. surgery. Yeah, the dog right. almost died. So, Several but times. that's part of the reason why we're here. I remember when we did our first our first podcast together for episode seven. <laughs> I wanted to know about you as well, and I haven't listened to your podcast about about you. Mm-hmm. We did do one. We did do one specifically about it. It's pretty good. But I, think. I, I want to know mine, what mine what do you truly show. what do you truly are you passionate about outside cigars? Just getting to know Casey. No, I, let's take down the curtains. You know, it's his family. Some family. His, his He's wife, a big his family kids. guy. Wife, his kids. Yep. Like I yeah. know you love to do yard work. You talk about doing yard work oh, every weekend. I love it. Every time I do it, oh, I got to go to mow the lawn. Got to go mow the lawn. Works like, out every morning. Likes but to work the, out. But there's something when you make a connection with with anybody. Like it could be something I don't even know exists. Mm-hmm. Like a great example for me, I don't smoke um, pipe. cigars. <laughs> pipe. <laughs> Old pipe tobacco. I've right. You know, our family, we've had it in our retail store for, you know, since I can remember. I've never smoked one. I don't know much about pipes. I was in a shop in um, uh, Houston last week um, that has um, about half of their entire space is all pipes and tobaccos. And their spaces would be covering, like, all your displayers here at Cigar Hustlers. So let's say 1,000 square feet, 2,000 square feet. Right. Walls lined of... What's the name of the shop? Shop is uh, the Briar Shop in Houston. Um, great, great. Well, that kind of fits the name. Exactly, it fits it. And they, they, it was, it was fantastic to listen the intelligence that these people had behind the passion, which is still our industry. And I don't know anything about you know pipe smoking. And but you know Greg has blue socks. But I know Greg has Greg has blue socks. But I got to know, I got to learn about it. And to me, it's fascinating because for something that has the difference between you know a five dollar option, which is a corn cob pipe, to a handcrafted multi thousand dollar one of a kind you know premium tobacco pipe, like it's crazy to listen to these people talk about how intelligent they are about them. Mm-hmm. And then another great example, I was in a shop south of Houston uh, last week, and the guy was a master butcher which I didn't even know that existed. And he was basically a master butcher. You have to pass tests along the way, but essentially it's minimum 25 years being a butcher. And Did he work at the shop or just hanging out there? He was uh, Now he's, he's an older guy who, who's uh, one of the part-time employees that hangs out, and we were talking about smoking meats because we're in Texas. You know, we were looking for some good barbecue, and he goes, and Jeff had just bought himself a new, Jeff, my cousin, just bought himself a new Traeger. Is that how you say that, Traeger? I don't know. It's a smoker. It's a decent-sized smoker that he's been experimenting with and trying a few things. And we got a lot of information from a master butcher of ways to smoke things, temperatures to smoke things. I'm not going to smoke anything. I don't want me to have a smoker on my balcony in my condo. Right. But I now know a lot more about smoking meat than I did two weeks ago. Right. And I'll never forget the fact that, like, those kind of things, cool shop, cool guy, part-time guy, but, you know, he's an expert at obviously being a butcher or he knows his meat he knows his meat he loves his meat and it's 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 interesting to find any commonality with with new people um to a enlighten yourself of what else is out there to be more open to experiences and you know basically seeing what other people have you know found a passion for that aren't completely mainstream so you got to have something that you enjoy <laughs> this episode's been very serious 
This, this, is, this I actually wound up being a really good podcast. It did, though. It is. It's very good. If you cut out the first 15 minutes. Well, I had to break the ice. I had to get you, had to get you going. I think you want to know what got you going was when I asked the girlfriend question. That was that was that was the one. That, that got me joke. going. Yeah. Well, you so know, was there not a girlfriend? Was what was the joke? No, I have a lady in my life. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Okay. So, but are you still gonna answer my question? What's the question? What was the question? What What are you passionate about? I have no idea. You really don't know. No. So like, if I wanted to say, you know, Mike. What are you going to do? Now, family, obviously a given. But right. if you get a week to go be Mike, yeah, do, go, where, go see, go travel, go do, whatever, what, what are you going to do? Oh, I wouldn't know. Oh. You're one it's of just the, the general accumulation of knowledge that I like to do. So you think you're, you're not an expert in anything. You're just you're an expert bullshitter. Just, um, oh, there, there's a saying, not an expert at one thing, but... Um, Something that others. Jack of all trades, sort master of, like of none. There you go. Maybe none. that's it. Jack master of all trades. Master. So you're no, I definitely am not a master of like carpentry or anything. I can't do this shit. That's I'm terrible. That's your brother. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, I like I like people. He's boring me. How about you, Palmer? <laughs> uh, I'm not an expert at anything either. I mean, I like to learn new stuff though. But he yeah, knows yeah, a know, shit ton I, about China. But because well, I I do work with China. Yeah, but there's there's things that I mean. All right, manufacturing side, agricultural side. Manufacturing side. And cultural side. I've been going to China for over 15 years. Yeah, and see, those are things I'd love to sit and have a real conversation with because I have never been to China, and I'm totally... I don't know if you've ever watched a show, How It's Made. That show fascinates yeah, me. Yeah, I've seen that before. That show fascinates me. I don't know if it's 100% bullshit half the time or not because it is on television. They show all the fun stuff. They, don't they show, show the like fun the, stuff. But some of them the is, how do you make a rubber band? I mean, that's not that fun. But right. it's, it's interesting. It's not watching a guy sitting on a stool with a screwdriver they're, turning it. Their Uber drivers times in China are badass. Yeah. So, like, if you pull up to a place and you're hammered, you know, he, like, he shows you, up on a little motorized bicycle. Yeah. He shows up on a little motorized bicycle and throws it in your car. He folds it up, throws it in your trunk, drives your car, takes you home. And then when you get there, he gets out, pulls his little And it's bike still based off Uber. Yeah. Same idea. There's an app on the but phone. But it's called Uber. And now there's some Chinese. Oh, so it's not it. Uber. But the people there, they call it the Chinese Uber. At least they did for us. So they knew we had Uber. But did you use the Uber app? They have a different app. Oh. Because they, they have social media blocks over there. So probably a regular Uber probably. Yeah, and work. so that, that whole manufacturing side in China, I mean, I would love to go spend, I mean, a month just touring manufacturing sites. Oh, that's a long time. Two weeks is about as long as I All right, go. two weeks. Two See, weeks. expertise. He's already told me. I don't See, need a month. Greg, an Greg went last time. You know, it, to, me, to me, it's absolutely fascinating to see that side of things. I mean, obviously being in the manufacturing side of cigars, like... I get to see everything from, you know, the, the seed being planted to when, you know, you get to enjoy that Limitada PB5. Right. You know, I get to see the whole way, and I know the process. I may not be an expert in planting. I may not be an expert in fermenting, but there are experts that are teaching me along the way. And at some point, um, you get to have enough information of an industry where you know most general ideas, but that's when you're basically just getting started. Somebody that knows the seed to smoke process, that's basic. But spending, I mean, I've spent, I don't know, how many how many weeks, 30 or so weeks, you know, 30 or so trips, 40 trips, I can't remember the number. That's almost as many podcasts that you haven't listened to. Correct. <laughs> but I think you can listen to them on all those trips. He travels a lot. He does. I do travel a lot. A lot of time what in airplanes. You travel? What do I do when I travel? What do you yeah. do on planes when you're just sitting there? Yeah. You can't smoke. I do a lot of reading. Um, what kind of books you like? A lot of biographies, 
I like to read. I, I mean, um, nonfiction to me is more interesting than fiction. <coughs> um, and then since over the last few months I was late to the party, uh, was uh, introduced to the fact that Netflix and Amazon Prime also let you download videos now oh, yeah. Yeah. for a single serving use. Yep. That has come in handy. So I'm catching up on all movies that are downloadable that I've thought about watching. Yeah. But uh, Podcasts are downloadable, too. Can I read it offline, though? Watch it offline? Yeah, you can download it before you uh, get offline. But does it come up with a notification on my phone that says download these movies? Yes. Yes. Oh. I'll ask you if you want to download it. Does it do I get it? Do you have iTunes? Do you have it? No. What kind of phone do you have? Galaxy S4. So you can listen to it on Google Play. I made that up. We're also on Google Play. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first ga- last Galaxy I could remember. He, definitely, has, he definitely has an iPhone. <laughs> he does. He has an iPhone. Um, so we're on Podbean, uh, iTunes, Google Play, no, Player cool. FM, he doesn't want to Stitcher. Listen. No, I do want to listen. I, I do want to listen. We're on to some new things. one just came up the other day when I Googled our yeah. show. Does it? Uh, Cast do you, do you guys have an email blast that this sends out to remind people? Mikey does it as part of the uh, the email with the shop. Mm-hmm. And you can see a spike in listeners when uh, when he does it. Yeah, because I mean, there is a lot of. I mean, there's a. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of podcasts, and I try to try to stay. You up follow on the our podcast on uh, Instagram. Absolutely. Well, we put it up every Tuesday when the new episode goes up. The episode is every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Yep. That's well, really the only time the Instagram is active is on Tuesdays when I put up the little poster of who's on and where you can. And find I try it. to stay in touch with a lot of them. There is a lot of guys that do it. There is a lot of more podcasts than there is a lot of me, um, but. There is definitely things that I'm interested in, and when when I was obviously immersed in this, you know, six seven months ago, um, I probably listened to six or seven in a row. Maybe it was five. I don't remember the number, but I, if we went through the list, I could tell you if I listened to them. I remember listening to one about. Uh, um, there are quite a few you were on that I listened to the first time you came in. Yeah, on Carney, I remember listening to Carney's Drake. The pirate. Um, Drake was depressing. Um, well, his life is depressing. Um, but it's uh, true. but it's a great um, way to get to know industry people, and then some of it you were like I already know this person pretty well. But then there's something I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah, I, didn't, you didn't, I know. didn't know about that person. Right. But then there's a lot of them I already know that person. Like I don't want to know more about Drake. <laughs> I I understand that. Yeah, it makes you know? perfectly good sense. Um, and and I always say the fact is he, as much as we'd like to you know dog that guy, he is a good person. He is. somewhere. Sometimes, yeah. No, somewhere in his heart, he's a good person, yeah. and he's been a good friend to me. And I always say, if I'm if I'm talking smack about somebody, they must they must be more than a friend to me. Right. You know, they're they're actually good people. That's I w- why you never talk shit about me. I never have talked shit about you. We're not ever. friends. We're not friends. He knows nothing about you. He's all about Greg. I, but, You're but, an enigma. Yeah, but, Greg. But if, I, but if somebody digs so far, eventually they get to that you know that 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 level of hard clay in the earth's core that if you can't get through that clay, you really can't get to a person's heart. It's true. And Mike doesn't allow me into his heart. He's not letting you in. He lost me. He's very closed off. I mean, I just want to get. I just want to get to your hot magma. I just want to get to your hot magma. Has he been out to the house? You should have him out to the house. Why would he invite somebody like me to his house? He doesn't even like me. Well, he he invites people to house he doesn't like all the time. He has hunt over often. Often. I like hunt. Just dog and hunt. How's he doing? Great. Good. They had a lot of sex on their trip. FQ Proper is doing really well. Good for him. It's good. He's a good dude. He is. I like him. He's a good dude. He's your he's your people. He is. He, he is. lives on an island. He knows a lot about me. He is your people. He knows a lot about you. You spent a lot of time with him. Yeah, he knows. Did you me. see the girl he took a picture with the other day in his, Tampa? His I think girl. he was on a date. Is that his girlfriend? Yeah. Oh, she's very pretty. Good for him. See, you're on the outside. You don't even know. I always ask him, but he never. He always says no. He's Nobody. very he's very Nobody. reserved about that stuff. Well, actually, it was her picture he was tagged in. So I know. Yes. 
Nothing he can do about that. Nope, secret's out. He can't say anything to her. She goes, what, are you ashamed of me? Mm-hmm. No, but you guys do do a lot of interesting ideas when you plan a podcast, unlike this one, where I'm staring at a blank sheet of... You know, podcast notes. I like the improv. Which, which I believe that we're having more fun though. With I, the, I believe the that the top of this page was going to say because there's a pen on it was going to say notes for podcast today. He takes notes as you talk about. But something he didn't. Else he but he didn't up. even put any questions or anything. So he realistically well, cares a lot about this podcast. We used to do show notes, but I do we care a lot about. We this haven't podcast. had uh, not a this new specific one. No, that's not true. I do care a lot about this podcast. This particular one. But here's the here's the thing, like this like board, this paper here, it's designed for me to if you start going on a tangent and I want to address something, I'll write it down. So that way, I, as you kind of finish with you know whatever you say, even if you want it to be kind of an, whatever the case may even be, if you I'll want it back. to be kind of an open topic, just it would be some sort of direction to have like one or two bullet points to cover an hour. I mean that would only be normal. There's nothing like a more organic uh, format. Yeah, where no, it just I sort want of flows. I want the raw, real Casey. I don't want some. You know, I think we so got it. He, uh, he, he talked quite a bit yeah, today. It, it, I, it I, took a minute, but we got him there. We got him. We got him. Well, you didn't ask me any questions. Yes, I did. You said, you see, he, he's very good at this. He did ask you questions, but you didn't notice. See that? He led you in the direction he wanted you to go. So you're an expert so I'm an interviewer. Expert, I'm an expert podcaster. He is. He's you're an expert interviewer. Yes, so you are passionate about podcasts. I'm passionate about everything that I do. That's not true. That is um, true. But. Including the lawn. <laughs> the lawn. So, like, what kind of grass do you have in your yard? Well, in the front I have St. Augustine that's also caked with sedge. And the back is uh, zoysia. Can you spell that? Z-O-Y-S-I-A. Do we need to fact check that? He's a really Go good ahead. speller. I don't, I'm we not don't a speller. fact check on this podcast. I'm not a speller. I'm not a speller. <laughs> Z-O-Y-S-I-A. I'm not even good with spell Fucking check. Zoysia. I'm not Zoysia even good with is sp- badass because, you know, when you go play with the kids, it's much better than St. Augustine. St. Augustine's kind of crispy, cut you. It's like a weed almost. Yeah. I don't know a whole lot about Florida grasses other than when I grew up in central Minnesota. The grass. Well, you, you know a lot about Bermuda? I know a lot about golf. Which is Bermuda. Yeah, but that's not something you're rolling around in. It's still not fun to roll around in. It still itches. Does it? Yeah, absolutely. It's very soft. It's very soft, but it's also very delicate. Mm-hmm. It's not as soft as Zoysia. But it's very, it's very inconsistent in the way it rolls. Minutes. Uh, so uh, this this unimpromptu, uneducated, stupid podcast turned into an hour. Is that what you're talking Well, he's going to have wow. to cut a bunch Amazing. of things. So we're currently at no, like no, 46 we don't minutes. No, Greg's coming in, too. He's Greg's angry. Coming in. He's so Greg's coming in. We can just call it here. I think. Let's call it here. Well, thanks, Casey. Thanks for coming back on again. I was ecstatic very, to be here. Uh, very I'm interesting. interesting Real personal uh, show. You're not ecstatic to be leaving. This That's podcast? Perfect. Yeah. You're right. It is, I, but I, I didn't get any information that I wanted, which is kind of a letdown. I'm a professional. Uh, well, when you have your show, you can interview Michael. Yeah. I tried to have a show. Nobody they, listened to it. And they didn't come around. They didn't come around. I didn't have you know an executive producer that knew had technology. I didn't have microphones. I didn't have a blank piece of paper. Like blank piece not of on paper. my level. Blank just piece of paper is so hard to find. I'm not on your level. But... Um, I appreciate you guys having me on. You know, sitting around and bullshit with two other bullshitters is sometimes fun. Today was one of those days. Oh, I think you said today was not one of those days. <laughs> I, I went with a positive spin to finish. That's nice. I like that. This is this is the professional side of me coming out to finish, to wrap it in, to pull it together. You know, and uh, no, appreciate you guys having me. Um, you can find Crux Cigars at cruxcigars.com, and 
Uh, we'll check out our new releases coming this fall. Crux Epicure Galant, Mexican San Andreas Maduro, and new release of the Limitada IPCPR is now available. Where do you come up with those names, Galant? See, like, I am not. Old Mitsubishi, and that's the like, marketing you know guy. That's the marketing I am guy's not the, the creative. That is 100% known. I'm not a very creative person. It's all, you know, like the logo. It's got a sword in it. It's kind of medieval looking. We've got... So will the, Nick Perdomo be going after you for the Epicure anytime soon? Well, we own the trademark for Epicure, so Ooh. he can try to... So Crux Cigars owns the Epicure trademark, mm. um, which is why we had to use it before the 2016 deadline. So that's why we came out with that cigar in 2016. Um, but no, we have no issues with that cigar because when you own it, that trademark, you really don't have any issues. Nice. But no, Mark and Jeff are the creatives. <laughs> He's writing something on this naked I piece of paper. Drawing and stuff. Drawing and stuff. Um, so and no. Star. So the the names are Gallant. You know. It, the word Gallant, obviously, I thought of it as Mitsubishi Gallant because it was one of the first cars I remember my dad having, which right. was a white 1995 Mitsubishi Gallant. I mean, I was nine years old at the time. He had something before that, but I don't really remember which car it was. Probably a Dodge Caravan that we had because we had six people in our family. Um, but uh, I remember that. But the word is, it has an elegant meaning, which I encourage listeners to go look up the word Gallant and tied into the elegance of a cigar. And that's where the true um, uniqueness of the Epicure binder filler will then connect with the Mexican San Andreas Maduro Negro wrapper. Very nice. Well, thank you very much yes, for coming on again. the show. Thank you very you're much, guys. Appreciate you man. having me. You're sweet, sweet man. A Cigar Hustlers podcast brought to you by Crook Cigars today. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, our subsidiary advertisement Pellegrino. Perfect. Perfect. This is the operator with a collect call from Emory Jones. To accept the charges, press 1. Now. All right, folks, that's it. Show's over. Thanks for listening. You can send in any of your questions or suggestions for guests to a Cigar Hustlers Podcast Facebook page. You can follow the show on Instagram at a Cigar Hustlers Podcast. You can follow Mikey at Cigar Hustler. You can follow me at FCC underscore Mike. Remember to please rate, review, and subscribe to whichever our providers you listen